Talk 1110-993 WBT. Dr. Anthony Fauci, I presume. He spoke to ABC's George Stephanopoulos about the impending threat of the mutating. This is, by the way, this is the thing that's gotten everybody all afraid and hysterical. Mutation. It's a mutation. And if you got more mutations, that's obviously worse. So a couple things, again, not a scientist, just a radio guy, but I've read a lot of sciencey stuff over the last year and a half or so. And I got to tell you, a couple things I came to learn about viruses. Number one, they mutate. It's what they do. In fact, the very scientist people uh, who talk about how things evolve, it's sort of like foundational to like this whole line of thinking. Um, But they talk about how all this stuff evolves. Like they have said viruses mutate. They told me this. And so I believe them uh, that viruses mutate. So it's not scary to me when they mutate because I expect them to do that. That's what viruses do, right? Okay, so what else does a virus do? Um, They tend to become more transmissible and less lethal. And if you think about this, I'm <laughs> just kidding. We don't do that anymore. No, if you think about this, it makes some bit of sense, right? Let's say you got two people. You got me and, um, well, all right, a better example. How about this? You got two people and you want to go to the ACC championship game. Well, how about this? If you call right now, 704 570 uh, or uh, 1-800-WBT-1110, uh, I'll give you a pair of the tickets to the Subway ACC Championship game. We'll take, um, I don't know, let's say, do we do caller number 5, caller number 10? What do you want to do? Caller 11? What do you want to do, Ryan? It's your, totally your call. I'll let producer Ryan pick the number. We'll do caller 6. 6? I didn't see that one coming. Did not see 6 coming. Uh, Caller number 6 will get a pair of the tickets to the Subway ACC Championship game Saturday, December 4th. It is at Bank of America Stadium. Good luck, and be nice to Ryan. He's the one that answers the phone (laughs) and gives you tickets. Um, But but transmissibility versus lethality, okay? Think of it in these terms. you got two people, uh, one of whom... Uh, gets virus A, one of whom gets virus B, okay? Uh, maybe one's like alpha variant, one's beta variant. Let's say the alpha variant is really, really, really lethal. And the beta variant is really not, much like most betas. So not very dangerous, the beta. The alpha, very dangerous, okay? So you get the alpha, I get the beta. You're probably dead, Right? You're probably going to, you're going to feel really bad. You're going to die faster than me because mine's not. Mine's not dangerous. Mine's very weak. I can beat it. So, what happens when you start feeling poorly? When you start approaching death? Because assuming, right, like that you don't just get the, uh, the virus and then immediately drop dead. Like it's not like a rapid onset death. Right. You're going to start feeling poorly. You're going to go down for the count. You're going to be in a hospital and then you're going to die. But what does that mean? 
versus me with the beta variant, and I'm not bedridden. Right, it means I'm walking around. It means I'm spreading the virus. I'm spreading the beta uh, variant. You, with the alpha variant, you're dead or you're bedridden. And you're not spreading the virus to a lot of people because you're so sick. You can't get out of bed. This was what made it the uh, what made it scary and dangerous because it was unknown at the beginning, but also right that we didn't um, uh, that it was asymptomatic. So we didn't know if you had it or not. Like I could be walking around and I feel fine and I'm spreading it and everybody's dying all around me and it's I don't have any symptoms and whatever. That's what made it so scary and so unpredictable at the beginning. Asymptomatic spread. Um. That's why viruses, if they are really, really lethal, they kill off a lot of people very quickly. So what do we look at now? So knowing this, right, look at what Omicron is doing and how it is spreading and how many people are dying. We can, we can see some of this information in some of the nations where it first appeared, like South Africa, for example. And in South Africa, you would expect to see a pretty large uptick in the death count over the last week or so. And we don't see that. We don't see that. So increasing transmission with a decreased lethality is actually a good thing. Let me say that again just for the media. An increase in transmission with a decrease in lethality is actually a good thing. Because it means more people will get natural immunity. More, pe- more people will get exposed to it. They'll survive it. It won't cause them anything more than symptoms of a, of a cold or whatever. It'll be very mild, as is apparently the case with Omicron. And then they are free to go about their rest of their lives, Right? This is a good thing. It's a good thing. You don't need to run around scaring everybody. It's okay to run around saying, hey, everybody, if this thing is not lethal, this thing looks really good. And by the way, all indications are right now that it is not as lethal. So uh, let me go to, let me go back to Fauci. He was on uh, ABC This Week with George Stephanopoulos. And uh, he was asked about the impending threat of the mutating COVID-19 virus. And while he did not say whether new restrictions were inevitable, he warned Americans to prepare. You know, I don't know, George. It's really too early to say. We just really need to, as I've said so often, prepare for the worst. And it may not be that we're going to have to go the route that people are saying. This We don't know a lot about this virus, so we want to prepare as best as we can But it may turn out that this preparation, although important, may not necessarily push us to the next level. People talking about lockdowns, people talking about that. Let's see what the information that we're getting in real time tells us. And we'll make decisions based on the science and the evidence the way we always do. But you want to be prepared to do anything and everything. And that's the reason why we're playing such close attention to this and why we're all over it. All right. So... What is he saying there? And by the way, part of this is because he did the rounds uh, 
on a bunch of different uh, of the you know the talking head shows over the weekend and they're all asking in the same ver- or different version of the same stupid question which is when are you going to lock us down why should we lock down can't you lock us down and this is by the way these are the kinds of questions that we keep coming back to precisely because they've never acknowledged that the lockdowns were a mistake and they were the masks are apparently a mistake too. There's, I got a study in the stack here that I'll get to a little bit later about the uh, the developmental damage being done to kids, particularly boys. Nah, who cares about the boys? Particularly poor boys. Nah, who cares about them? Right. So there are costs to these uh, to these policies and to these responses. And the people who made the call initially, I give you. I give it to you. You had bad options. You didn't know what was what. You followed the lead of the, quote, experts. But if you don't acknowledge that some of those calls were bad calls, then you're leaving the door open for another push towards those same bad decisions. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, 1-800-WBT-1110. So I just, I noticed the way this story is written. This is from Mediaite.com. Natalie Korach. Korach. Yeah, I'm just going to stop mispronouncing it there. Anyway, uh, headline is uh, that Fauci says it's too early to say on new lockdowns and did not say whether new restrictions were inevitable. Well, why would he say that? Why would anybody say that? Why would anybody say new restrictions are inevitable? Right? That's That doesn't leave any wiggle room. So, I don't understand that. Then there was, um, next up, to, to, to do, this was from NBC and Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd asked whether, I don't good Lord, whether we're headed into a bleak winter (laughs) dude come on a bleak winter a bleak winter and like and he and then of course he has to tell us that you know i got my vaccines and i even i got the booster a couple days ago but are we heading into a bleak winter (laughs) like for all for all of the other people for all those morons are they into in for death this winter and so here was Fauci's answer. Really hit us until mid-July, and of course we had a terrible surge there for about two months. Here we are post-November, so we are already experiencing a surge. Now we have this. Are we headed for a bleak winter here, sir? You know, Chuck, a, a lot of whether or not we're headed into a bleak or bleaker winter is really going to depend upon what we do. And I think what you're seeing is just the manifestation of what we've been talking about, why it is so important for people to get vaccinated and for those who are fully vaccinated to get boosted. Because even when you have variants like this, and there's a lot of unknowns about this variant, we know from experience that when you get a level of protection with vaccine, and particularly now with the extraordinary increase in protection you get with the booster even when you have variants of concern you do well against them it may not be as good in protecting against initial infection but it has a very important impact on diminishing the likelihood 
that you're going to get a severe outcome from it. So this is a clarion call as far as I'm yeah. concerned of saying let's put aside all of these differences that we have and say if you're not vaccinated get vaccinated if you're fully vaccinated get boosted and get the children vaccinated also. We now have time. Thank goodness that the South Africans are really extraordinarily good in what they did. They were completely transparent right from the beginning. We were on the phone getting real-time mm -hmm. information for them on Friday. We're going to be talking to them again today. So we have an advantage of this. We have an up on it. We know what's going on. We're getting more, more information in real time. When you, when you diminish or stop or block travel from a particular country, yeah. there's a reason for that. Oh. It's to give you time to do things. So don't hmm. let this this uh, uh, decision that was made about blocking the travel from certain countries yeah. go without a positive effect. And the ah. positive effect is to get us better prepared to rev up on the vaccination, to be, to be really ready for something that may not actually be a big deal, but we want to make sure that I we're prepared for the worst. <laughs> so and that's what we should be doing. All right. So on the one hand, please run around like your hair is on fire. On the other hand, it may not be so bad. And also, not racisty to ban the travel from these other countries. It's just letting us, you know, get ahead of it. Unlike when Trump did it, that was racism. Even though he banned travel from European countries and you're banning them from African countries, it's totally not racisty now like it was then. Because shut up, racist. Next up. Fauci appears on CBS's, what is this one? Face the Nation. Yeah, Face the Nation. He's on with, uh, I have her name someplace in here, Margaret Brennan, I think is her name. Margaret Brennan? Yes, Margaret Brennan. Um, and here is the clip where he kind of refers to himself in the third person and uh, I guess anoints himself, or maybe it's an appointment, not sure for how long, as the representative of science. Why do you feel so strongly uh, about that, about staying on the job when you become, I mean, you were personally, not just rhetorically, threatened your security, your safety, your family. Yeah. How did you deal with that? See, okay, you had the right question. The first question she asked was, why did you stay on the job? Get him to express why he's staying on the job. And that allows you to walk down that, uh, that lane where you can, you know, say, well, you know, you're old, you made some mistakes. But no, what does she do? She then pivots to soften the question and make it, oh my gosh, I'm so sympathetic towards your plight of being threatened. And why would you subject yourself to this? And now it allows him to play victim. I dealt with it by focusing on what my job is. From the time that I went into medicine to the right now where I am at my age, my job has been totally focused on doing what I can with the talents and the influence I have to make scientific advances to protect the health of the American public. So anybody who spends lies and threatens and all that theater that goes on with some of the investigations and the congressional committees and the Rand Pauls and all that other nonsense, that's noise, Margaret. That's noise. I know what my job is. Senator Cr So that's noise. Think about this. This is, he's a bureaucrat. And he's saying that 
the elected represent uh, elected representatives who are charged with providing oversight of him. That's all noise. And that's good to know where he stands on that. There is a Twitter account called Nancy Pelosi Portfolio Tracker. Nancy is the greatest investor to ever do it. She is the next Warren Buffett. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) it's a parody account, of course. And it tracks Nancy Pelosi's uh, wise investments that have made her such a wealthy woman, right? She's able to purchase a home in the left-wing hotbed of Florida. Um, anyway, so they posted, uh, today about the, uh, the COVID-19 and pointed out that the final variant, uh, they already know what the final variant is going to be called and it'll be called communism. (laughs) The final variant. (laughs) So we have this audio from Fauci. He made the rounds talking about Omicron saying, don't panic everybody. We don't know anything. And, um, But be prepared just in case we do need to tell you to panic and then you should totally panic. But don't panic right now because we don't know. But be ready to panic just in case. He was on with Face the Nation's Margaret Brennan. And uh, he calls the criticism that he got and has been receiving from Rand Paul and Ted Cruz, you know, Republicans. He calls this noise, and the way he's been able to soldier on is to just keep focused on saving people. It's what I'm about. It's all I've ever been about, is to save as many people as possible, aside from that time period during, like, the HIV stuff. But besides that, saving American lives, that's what I'm about. That's it. It's all just noise. Just noise. Here's her next question. Cruz told the attorney general you should be prosecuted. Yeah. <laughs> I have to laugh at that. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can see that. You're laughing. We can see that you're laughing at that. You don't have to tell us you're laughing at that. This is like the, this is like the people who make the jokes on social media and always have to write LOL. It's like, if you're funny, you don't need to write LOL all the time. And I say that as one who writes LOL. Okay. I should be prosecuted. Yeah. What happened on January 6th, Senator? <laughs> wait, 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 well, hang on a second. Was Ted Cruz? Was Ted Cruz storming the Capitol? I thought he worked there. I thought he was allowed inside the building. Wasn't... <laughs> what does that mean? What does that even mean? That's just, that's just chum in the water. Fauci's tossing that out because why? echo chamber stuff this is him throwing it out there because he knows media will be like oh that's right that's so true january 6th am i right january 6th mm-hmm. one sex insurrection that's all it is it's just this throwaway line you know what it reminds me of what was the uh uh family guy the cartoon show family guy where i think it was lois or maybe it was Lisa Simpson. I kind of get them confused now in my young age. Um, maybe she was running for the office and they just kept... No, it was. It was Lois. And she just kept saying 9-11. Like, she, had, she was running for some town council of, like, Quayhog or whatever the place is called. And she's running for town council. And so she uh, mentioned something about 9-11 and, at a speech and everybody goes crazy. And so then she realizes, hey, if I just tie whatever it is I'm talking about, tie it into 9-11, the crowd applauds. And so 
by the end of the episode, all she's doing is walking out in front of crowds saying 9-11. <laughs> That's it. That's the, that is the culmination and entirety of her stump speech. And that's what this is. He he does nothing to address any specific criticism. He just dismisses everything out of hand with January 6th. Ha ha ha. What does that have to do with what their criticisms of you are? Specifically like gain of function, right? Your your immediate handling of the response. There's more here. Hang on. Do you think that this is about making you a scapegoat to deflect from President Trump? Of course. You have to be asleep not to figure that one out. Oh, well, good thing she threw it out there for you so you didn't actually have to say it. You could just agree with her. He doesn't make the allegation. He just takes the assist from her. Do you think they talked about that beforehand? I'm not saying that it was a planted question. I'm just... I would not be surprised if that was a topic of conversation that arose while they're walking around doing the pre-interview chit chat. I would not be surprised if that idea got expressed in some manner. That's just me. You know, just spitballing. Well, there are a lot of Republican senators uh, taking aim at this. I mean, mm-hmm. That's OK. I'm just going to do my job and I'm going to be saving lives and they're going to be lying. It seems another layer of danger to play politics around matters of life and death. Exactly. Exactly. So you hear what she's doing. Everything is an assist from her to him. It's all based on an assumption that he's the good guy. That he would never, that he would never provide any kind of misinformation or disinformation. That's what those Republicans are doing. Exactly. And to me, that's that's unbelievably bad because all i want to do is save people's lives that's it i mean anybody who's looking at this carefully realizes that there's a distinct anti-science flavor to this what so if they get up and criticize science what nobody's going to know what they're talking about but if they get up and really aim their bullets at tony fauci well people could recognize there's a person there so it's easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science because I represent science. That's dangerous. To me, that's more dangerous than the slings and the arrows that get thrown at me. And if you damage science, you are doing something very detrimental to society <laughs> long after I leave. <laughs> if you damage science. So attacking him is not really attacking him because he can take it. But attacking him is attacking science. And that is dangerous at a civilizational level. <laughs> but but he can totally take the criticism, guys. You got you got to understand. He's a big boy. He could totally take it. Just know that any word against him is a word against science, and that will collapse the entire society. <laughs> the word of today is hubris. <laughs> oh my goodness. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Pete Callender here. 
Israel's chief of public health services. Oh, hang on a second. Before I do that, this is the clip. Thank you, Monica, for sending it. It is from Family Guy. 9-11 was bad. I agree with that. 9-11. Nine. Eleven. Nine. Eleven. All right, so that was the... <laughs> that was the... Uh, Family Guy episode, and this is what Fauci does when he and with the left and the media. But I repeat myself: this is what they do with like January sixth. That's all they. That's all they say now. They just say it January sixth, and they get that kind of reaction from their echo chamber. Justin says, Pete, if a basic premise of science is to question everything, why is super scientist Garden Gnome MD so miffed about questions about the science? Yeah. The f- anybody who tells you that you cannot question the science of something isn't practicing science. It's not science. How could it be? This is the thing that always drove me nuts about climate change science when they said the science is settled. And then I would hear scientists say, well, no, it's not. I, you know, we found this or we were looking at this other thing and, you know, cloud cover and solar uh, impacts and all this. And then the the consensus crowd was like, shut up, you denier. Science is settled. You're out of the science field. You know, you're, we, we tear our collars. You're banished. And I remember thinking, like, I'm just a, at the time, I'm just a radio reporter. What do I know about the sciencey stuff? But it seems to me like that's not the way you're supposed to behave if you are in pursuit of truth. Right? You keep testing the different hypotheses and when someone comes out with something that says oh hey look all this science that we used to think was all sciencey and such turns out not to be so sciencey and yes by the way i have noticed that we use the word science much like we use the word smurfs you notice that well i guess the smurfs use the word smurfs do you ever watch the smurfs i did as a kid and it was one of the things that they would always uh, swap out in their language. They would swap out all these different words with the word smurf. So you would, you know, like adjectives and stuff. Oh, that's a smurfy thing you did there. You know, they would just use the word smurfy and smurfiness and whatever. And that's what science is nowadays. Like they, people just use the word science like the smurfs use the word smurf. And it's... Oh, it's just so disappointing. Anyway, Israel's chief of public health smurfiness, Dr. Sharon Alroy Prius, warned Sunday that the potential for infection with the COVID variant Omicron is very high, but stressed that in cases where vaccinated people were infected, they became only slightly ill. So this is also in line with previous experience. People that are vaccinated tend not to have as severe of a reaction from COVID-19. According to the South Africa Medical Association, people infected with the Omicron variant have shown only mild symptoms. Angelique Coetzee, the SAMA's chairwoman, told the BBC that the cases identified so far are not severe. However, she... Whoa, wait a minute. I don't know. I think that bears repeating that the cases out of South Africa are not severe. Okay. I think that's kind of important. 
She noticed that research on the, or noted rather, that the research on the Omicron variant is still in its initial stages. As of Sunday, only 24% of the people in South Africa have been fully vaccinated, she said. Not everything that looks bad is really bad. This goes back to my earlier point about transmissibility and natural immunity, that if you end up with a a very weak, non-lethal virus that's super transmissible, that's actually a pretty good thing, because that means a lot of people will get it. It won't kill a lot of people, if any, and then people will have some resistance, some immunity acquired naturally, right? Israel's stats... And these are, by the way, the important stats. This is, uh, and I've talked about this before, instead of like the percent positive of the cases, of the testing and all that stuff, instead of that, to me, I want to know how many people on the vents in the ICU are vaccinated versus unvaccinated. To me, that's an important data point. Because if you've got people that are on a ventilator, it means that they've taken a turn for the worse, they're in bad shape. How many of them got the shots and how many didn't? And if you have a population that got the shots, how long ago, right? Because you want to data collect that so you know, do the shots prevent serious illness from affecting people? Uh, If so, for how long? Does it wane? That sort of thing. Just like I want to know if somebody's on a ventilator, have they ever had COVID before? Did they get natural immunity? Or is this somebody who'd never had it, didn't get the vaccine, and now they've gotten it, and they're really, really sick on a vent. Those are the three categories that like, I want to know about. I also want to know, do hospitals cancel their non-emergency uh, uh, procedures? That's when you know a hospital's getting overrun, right? Is when they're not doing the emergency procedures. Those are the data points I'm interested in. So Israel put out stats. 128 people currently hospitalized with COVID. They are in serious condition. 128 in serious condition. Um, 73 of the 128 are on vents, and 10 of them are fully vaccinated. The vast majority did not get any dose of the vaccine, which I think is pretty important. 10% of the 128, so what is that? 13? right? 13 are vaccinated. And then the other 110 or so, 115, um, are not. To me, that's important. Um, to, to, to the Omicron variant, by the way, this is from Haaretz.com, Jewish newspaper. The Omicron variant has an unusual constellation of mutations, which are concerning, because they could help it evade the body's immune response and make it more transmissible, which is just kind of boilerplate language. I mean, yes, it's it's concerning. Yes, it could be this. It could make it worse. It could make it better. It could be a, a draw. It could be anything. We don't know. Um, Scott Hounsel at redstate.com. He says, one of the greatest frustrations I've had for the better part of the last year is that despite contradicting data, scientists and government bureaucrats claim superiority uh, over fact in clinging to the notion that their mitigation efforts are making a dent in the COVID-19 crisis. In fact, when Biden took over the presidency from Trump in 2021, there had been more than 434,000 COVID deaths in the U.S., 
In other words, deaths under Biden are surpassing the death count under Trump, despite having a functional vaccine available during the length of his time as president. He says panic is driving new testing. And he says the two countries with the highest vaccination rates also have the highest death growth rate over the last 14 days when compared to the other populations. Portugal is number one. They've got the highest vaccination rate. The U.S., which is 13th in vaccination rates, uh, is on par with South Africa. South Africa, which was last on the list of populations for vaccination rate and first on the nations for new case growth, is last on the death growth rate. So you got all these people running out and getting tested, but the growth in the number of deaths is not it's not rising exponentially. You would expect that to happen if this virus was more deadly. It looks like more transmissible, but not more deadly. And if so, that's a very, very, very good thing. It's a very good thing. News is next. News Talk 1110 993 WBT.